This is Self-Care and Soul Care for the Caregiver, and I'm your host, Sandra Peoples. To us, self-care isn't a luxury, it's a necessity. We want to take better care of ourselves so we're able to care for our loved ones who rely on us. Today I have a guest on the show, my friend Stephanie McKeever. She is bringing so much encouragement for those of us who are caring for someone else during a long hospital stay. Even if that isn't the season you're in right now, her advice applies to all of us. No matter what she is going through, Stephanie stays focused on Christ and points others to Him as well. My favorite quote from this episode comes at the end when I ask her what one message she would want to share with people going through similar circumstances. So be sure and listen all the way to the end. I hope you'll enjoy hearing from Stephanie as much as I did. All right. Hi, friends. Thanks for joining us today. My friend Stephanie McKeever is joining me as a guest today, and she's only the second guest I've had besides Lee. But she just has so much wisdom to share um, that I really wanted to have her on so that we could learn from her. Stephanie and I have been friends, we think, for at least five years. Uh, We've gone through different seasons before. She's been on my writing team when I was the editor for Key Ministry and their family blog. And so that's how we got to know each other through our writing. And then we've been able to walk with each other through some difficult seasons. Um, And she's been a support to me a few years ago when our family went through a really tough season. And then um, I've been able to watch her and just admire the way that she has gone through her recent challenging season. And so I'm just really excited that Stephanie's here today and um, just for all the wisdom that she's going to share. So Stephanie, why don't you take a minute to introduce yourself? I am Stephanie McKeever. And like Sandra said, we have, um, we have gone through these seasons together that while like everyone knows, our children can seem so different on the surface, but when it comes down to it, we have so many similarities and we, we start to see these similarities in our kids and they, they bring us together more than they, they divide us. And um, it's been such a joy to be able to be with Sandra and um, have that community and walk through these things with each other and um, have that, that bond, that friendship with somebody that while we're not right next door to each other, we are um, closer than those people who are next door. And I'm so thankful for, for a friend who, um, who gets me. Yeah. It would be fun <laughs> to be next door to each other. Let's work on that. <laughs> I, I would love that. Tell us a little bit about your family and the, this podcast, our, our focus really is on caregivers and the seasons that we go through as caregivers, even though we have a pretty broad audience, but I like to focus in on caregiving. And so tell us a little bit about your caregiving experiences. So my mother had uh, cancer when I was just a young mother and I was the closest of the kids and took on a, a role of caregiving for her. So I was introduced to a lot of those um, close personal care issues with her while I was just caring for my own kids. And Evan came, was, came into our lives and as um, at a time when I was caring for mom. And then I was um, introduced to all of the special needs world with Evan um, during that time. When Evan became right at 19 years old, he was diagnosed with osteosarcoma. And uh, we went into the hospital in, uh, on a regular basis. We lived there in the hospital for about 
a year and a half yeah. in and out. And the point with his osteosarcoma that we could not do anything else with it. And um, he also had type one diabetes. So that was something that we dealt with since he was about nine years old. And between the cancer and the, the type one diabetes, his body just could not fight the two any longer. Yeah. And he died at age 21. And um, so we've been at the, the point where we're dealing with the grief of that. And um, those are, um, you know, the, the, the days that we're, we're battling through now. Yeah, yeah. And how long ago was it that he passed away? He passed away in 2018. Okay. In September of 2018. Okay. So still very fresh. So. It is very, you know, it seems like yesterday. There's days that you think, wow, how could it have been so long ago? But it, when it feels like yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Especially after such a long in and out of the hospital. And we talked about even the challenges of because he was an adult, <laughs> just that change in care from pediatric care to adult care. And even those kind of details were difficult. He was, he was an adult. You know, he hit that point where he was a, a young man. And fortunately, the, our pediatric hospital dealt with people up until the age of 21 mm -hmm. and they did um, allow him because of his special needs. He was still a child in many aspects mm -hmm. and they, they fortunately let us stay in that pediatric environment and it was best for him. It was where he found joy with the people who treated him um, with joy and excitement where I think if we were in a, a more adult community, it just would not have been the same. Yeah, it would have been harder. So one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you, and actually the last few episodes of the podcast, I've mentioned your name in certain ways and just realized what an influence that we have on each other, whether that's you helping me pick out what to wear for a speaking event or just all the fun things that we get to do together uh, through mostly Instagram. That's where we talk the most, it seems like. But one of the things that I admired so much as I watched you um, and the experience you had was just how you put God first every day. And, and even though my life wasn't as hectic as yours was at the time, I, I thought, if Stephanie can do it, I can do it. <laughs> And so why don't you talk to us just about how you did that with so much else going on, how you really focused on soul care during that season of hospital stays. Well, I think, you know, it's, it's so easy to get involved in our lives and our, our daily routines that um, we do forget about God. You know, we forget to um, put him first. And I wonder sometimes if that's why God throws us into these or allows these um, trials to happen because it does bring us closer to him. We, we start to remember, oh yeah, I do need you, God. I need you more than anything else. I need you more than um, those great pair of pants that I love so much. <laughs> and, um, I was putting those first. So um, when we found ourselves in a, a foreign world, even though we'd been going to this children's hospital all of our lives because of Evan's needs, you know, you're in and out. And we had stayed in this hospital before. You're, you're in and out in a few days. This was a, a place where all of a sudden we found ourselves living. Mm -hmm. And we found ourselves on our knees because it was so foreign. All of a sudden, I couldn't handle this. 
it wasn't, you know, I was handling his medical needs pretty well. Um, and I, I was on top of all of it. And suddenly they handed me something called a roadmap that I did not understand at all. And it was, it was beyond me. Um, so when it came to soul care, I, you know, like I said, I hit my knees hard and the only way for me to, um, to go to God was those times when Evan was sleeping Mm. and first thing in the morning, he was usually asleep. And when you're rushed into the hospital, I'm not that person who remembers to bring my Bible before I I walk out the door. I was lucky to bring my underwear. (laughs) And so I used the Bible app and I would get up in the morning and look at the daily Bible verse that is sent on the Bible app. Mm -hmm. And who knew God almost always sent me the Bible verse that I needed. Yeah. I would screenshot that. Sometimes I would, um, make a, a picture with Evan's picture and I would meld it all together and then make that my wallpaper and all day long when I picked up my phone, when somebody would text, when somebody would need an update, that's the verse that I saw all day long. Yeah. So that was probably, um, my best soul care, um, was to get in my Bible app. It didn't, I was, I wasn't doing huge Bible studies, Um, it was one Bible verse because that's all I could handle was, was one Bible verse at a time. Um, the other thing I did was made sure that I was close to somebody outside of the hospital by, um, letting them know how I felt, Mm -hmm. letting them know what was going on, asking for prayer, being honest about what was going on in my head. I didn't need to um, send huge Facebook updates. I didn't need to send, um, huge church updates to, um, masses of people, just letting somebody know, um, this is what's going on. This is how I feel right now because the walls close in really fast and you're alone. You're, it's just you and your child. Um, our family was separated because, um, one of us is, was always at home with our other child. And one of us was with Evan in the hospital. So we needed to find a connection outside of those walls. Yeah, that's good. Do you remember any verses specifically that spoke to you during that time? Even just one that you kind of clung to? I clung to, <clears throat> um, first of all, it was um, in Psalms. Psalms, the whole, the whole book of Psalms was a, a big help for me the entire time. It's Psalms 34, 18. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit was a, a huge verse for me the entire time. And it still is because there are days that I am crushed in spirit still. Yeah. And I remember when I'm crushed, that's when he's closest. It's not, the Bible doesn't say when you are happy and you are having a great day, he, it, it doesn't really talk so much about those days, yeah. but he, he reminds us when we are crushed in spirit, he is close. Yeah. I needed that. And the other one was one we put on t-shirts. My grace is sufficient. The, um, it was second Corinthians 12, nine, my grace is sufficient for you. And I put it on, we put it on a t-shirt with Evan's face reminded us that even though Evan was weak and we were weak, 
and in hardships and persecutions and difficulties when we were weak that's when christ was his strongest so every time i saw evan's face and i remembered this we were dang weak right then this was when christ was his strongest yeah so those those were probably the the biggest for me yeah those are good. Those are good. Short, easy to memorize. Yeah, <laughs> easy I, to I this. All I had to do is I am weak and you are strong. Yeah. I am weak. You're strong. Yeah. I, I love that. I love that, that God's word is living and active, you know, and that it, it meets us where we are, even if we only have time to read one verse or two verses. Um, right. My brain cells were short during those days. Yeah. 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 And God is still faithful. I mean, that's what, is amazing to meet us where we are and to, to be so gracious to give us what we need. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's transition and talk a little bit about the self-care part of it. Um, what were some of the practical ways? I remember us having a conversation one time about you, about even getting your hair cut, you know, like how hard that was and just those practical things that happen in your life and, and what you needed and um, and so just tell me kind of the practical things of how self-care worked out for you during that season. Right. You can't, you know, well, you're never alone any, well, we're never alone as special needs parents anyway, you know, yeah. you know, that. but you learn to work around those things on a daily basis. And in this case, we were either driving to the hospital or from the hospital. We were so weary from, we couldn't keep our eyes open to drive one way or the other. And a haircut was the last thing on our mind. We weren't getting showers because there are people in and out all day long. So dry shampoo became my best friend. (laughs) You know, you hear about women using it and I thought, well, why do I need dry shampoo? I'm showering. Yeah. (laughs) Showers became really overrated. (laughs) So dry shampoo was it and some sort of wipes that uh, got you through the day. I love just something that smelled nice. And, um, my dad always called it hooey over fooey <laughs> <laughs> because there was a lot of fooey going on. <laughs> we did that. And then I, um, I would say, get yourself something that you can sleep in and you can walk out of the room in and still look decent. Some yeah. people were really okay with walking around the hospital in their pajamas and that did not bother them, but I was not one of those people. Yeah. <laughs> you would, you would leave that room in an instant. They'd yeah. walk, the nurses would come in and say, you're going for x-ray. You're going for blood work. You're going for this. You're doing this. And right now, yeah. and it didn't matter if you were showered, dressed, whatever you, you got up and left now. So we learned to wear clothes that you could sleep in, walk out the door in, um, do whatever in 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 an instant yeah so self-care i would say get yourself some some dry shampoo and some clothes that look good no matter what yeah <laughs> yeah i can imagine that would be i'd have to be like grabbing a bra every time in and out <laughs> you know like what do i have to have to walk out of this room and into public and because you just get so used to being trying to be as comfortable as possible but then having yeah. to do that getting out so quickly you learn to, to sleep with people coming in your room all night long, um, you know, male nurses. And, you know, my husband got used to sleeping with, with female nurses coming in all night long. And yeah. even more so in our special needs world, because it, it's so unfamiliar to them. It's not your, 
your just um, typical child who who can tell them exactly how they feel or yeah. or um, can sleep without any problems. Here's our children who have intense medical needs and and they need to monitor that all night long. Yeah. And we need to, you know, I wasn't happy sleeping in my jammies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a lot. So there are a couple of big challenges I can think of when you're going through what y'all went through, um, like not having control over your schedule, just the physical weariness that comes with that long season, uh, needing very practical help, um, like being forced <laughs> to ask for help, probably in ways that you never asked for before. And so can you speak to some of those challenges and how you worked through them? Oh my gosh, weariness hit, weariness hit, on, you know, on on day two, um, you know, we're, we're overwhelmed mentally anyway, and emotionally because you're so out of sorts by this, you know, at this point that at this point, after a week of, um, being rushed through every, the diagnosis and you're just overwhelmed by the diagnosis in general, and then you stop sleeping because they're in your room all night long. Yeah. And they're, um, you're caring for your child because you have special needs. Um, you are intense. You, you know, we're, we're already used to intensely caring for our kids at home. This is um, chemotherapy and all of the effects of chemotherapy on top of our special needs kids. Um, so weariness hit hard and fast. And then you're also maintaining your children at home and maintaining your home. Um, on top of that. So our family was divided and we knew we had a, a routine oriented child at home already. We couldn't just, um, just wing it. Yeah. We, we needed a new schedule and we created a new schedule for us and what worked for us. So um, we did uh, three days on three days off for each parent to the best that we could. Sometimes that changed you know, we had flooding here in, in our town that kept me at the hospital longer one time because I, nobody could get home and the highways shut down. We had, you know, different things like that. Sometimes medical needs kept, kept one of us at the hospital longer than the other. So we, um, but we did the best we could to stay to that schedule. Um, FaceTime was just a huge, huge thing for our family. Every night at bedtime, we FaceTimed each other because you lose contact otherwise. It, it became our, our only way to contact, keep in touch with each other. Um, so it was, it was the way we all said goodnight. We prayed with each other. Evan would sit there every night and go, pray, pray. <laughs> we all prayed at bedtime together. Um, and we used it just for practical stuff, you know, if the doctors had questions that the other one needed um, to ask with. So FaceTime was a, was a huge help for us. Yeah. And it was our only way to stay together as a, as a whole family yeah. saying, yes, this is what I need. But you're so emotionally overwhelmed. Um, you don't even know what to ask for. Now hindsight is 2020. Um, I, if I could have said, yes, I need you to come over here and do my laundry. Yes, I need you to come over here and mow my yard. But you're so emotionally overwhelmed, you don't even know what to ask. Yeah. And I think, sometimes I think our churches as a whole fail. We want to show up with the, 
the casserole and the frozen frozen dinner and say, here you go. And, and we've checked it off our list, but we weren't even home to eat, eat those casseroles. Yeah. I think, um, you know, our, our churches as a whole, we, now that we know hindsight is 2020, we can, um, we can show up better for other people and yeah. say, okay, what do you need? Do you need a gas card? Do you need a Walmart card? Because, um, boy, we went through clothes fast because chemotherapy is not pretty. Yeah. And, um, you know, we, I'm not going to say we, we had a lot of help, um, from, from a lot of angles, but I think the, um, now I know, and, and I want to do better to, um, to help because it's, it's a hard place. It's a lonely place. And, uh, it's, God tells us to go help the sick and to visit the sick. He doesn't say go once and you're done. It's, he says go because gosh, you're, it's, it's a lonely, lonely place. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I'm a a pastor's wife and sometimes I think even in churches, we think that that's somebody else's job to go do, you know, like I think a lot of our, our church people would say, well, that's the pastor's job or that's the Sunday school teacher's job to go and meet that need. But really we're all called to, to show love and to show up. Right. It's not, not the, the ministry team to do that. Um, it's not the pastor's wife's job. It's um, now while our pastor's wife was excellent at it, um, it, it, you're right. It's everyone's job. If you yeah. see it, do it. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. If you see it, just do it. If you think, man, I wish somebody would blah, 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 then you be the person who does that. I mean, even if, if you can't get to a hospital to visit somebody, you send a card and you slip a little Walmart gift card in there. And, yeah. and just, there's a hundred different ways to be a practical help during a hard season. And so you don't the thing that, that we, we expect our churches to do, you can go think out of the box. Yeah. Yeah, especially because it's so hard, like you said, for long-term caregivers to be able to express what they need. They can't. So one, like the advice that I give is, is to make the decision for the person. Like, hey, I'm coming, to, I'm coming up to visit on Thursday. What can I bring? So that, so that it's not like, hey, what do you need? And when do you, you know, like you're not asking. No, because you're so overwhelmed. It's one more decision that you cannot make. And you, I, like I, 10 times out of 10, I would have said, I, I don't, I'm fine. Yeah. I'm, I don't, I'm okay. Yeah. You know, I was so far from okay. Right. I'm so far from okay. <laughs> I, I would have never answered it. Even if somebody said, Hey, can I come over and do your laundry? I probably would have looked at my, my gigantic laundry pile and said, no, that's okay. Um, but if somebody would have knocked on my door and said, I'm here to help you clean the house, I would have and cried. Yeah. It, it's a difference of just showing up and doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, we went, you and I've walked through a hard time in my life together a few years ago. And I had to learn after that to let people in before I needed them. You know what I mean? Like I had to say, we're going to hit an, yeah, like they have to know me well enough. And, th- and so part of that's on me to, to build these friendships ahead of time so that the next time there's a crisis, I'm not 
and that, you know, I'm not as closed off because I tend to be, I've got it handled. Everything's fine. And then when everything falls apart, you realize how not fine you are and how hard that is. And then you're alone. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a hard, I mean, you know, like I think there's steps we can take as we aren't in those seasons. Like if I'm in a season right now, I've got to kind of develop friendships and not close myself off. um, So that when the next hard time hits, I'm more, I have people I can turn to. That you that you already trust to open your heart to and, and allow them in during those hard seasons. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, you know, our James, um, has some challenging behavior. It's not awful, but I think like even some of our church members are a little bit afraid of being able to handle his behavior. So I think if Lee has to go to the hospital in the middle of the night, (laughs) you know, who am I going to call to come over? Because I haven't let them in enough to know James and to know our routines and to know those things. And so if it's not James I'm with, but I'm caretaking somebody else, how do I allow them to know James well enough to be able to step into our lives? Right. There's just a lot of layers when you think about, all the things that go into emergency situations that you're not planning for. Oh, and we were that way. So many people, you know, they offered to help, but did not realize how much was involved in caring for a a child who has special needs. And, and then we're not quite prepared enough to say, to see, Oh, I do need to be medically prepared to handle this child. I do need to be, prepared to handle some of those personal care issues and allowing those people in is hard for us. It's hard for them. And, um, boy, we need to go to God and say, okay, help me know, help me find that person. Who is it God? And, um, it's a hard choice. It's a hard thing to, um, to trust, but I think, um, being in God's word every day, and not shutting ourselves out from God is going to be a, a first step. Yeah, that's true. That's good. All right. Well, as we wrap up our time, do you have one message or one piece of advice you kind of want to leave people with as they face similar situations? Um, you know, when we were in the hospital, we found ourselves in a whole new world. It was we, how often do we pray, God, expand my borders? You know, the, the verse, expand my borders and, and let me reach out to other people. But boy, did I want that to be like the, the Nordstrom shoe department. Yeah. <laughs> I want my borders expanded. I didn't want my borders expanded into the children's hospital. Yeah. Yet there we were. My borders were expanded. I had a whole world of people that I had never met a whole so many different people that um, would have never come to my little small town um, USA that are you know we're all alike here in our our little backyard this was such a variety of people that I had the chance to share the love of Christ every day all night long every two hours walked right into my room that I had the chance to share Jesus with. 
And some days I wasn't very good at it. Some days they saw <laughs> ugly Stephanie. <laughs> but I also had the chance then to say, I'm sorry, that was, that was not the right Stephanie that you should have seen. And we had to, the chance to show a hope bigger than our circumstances. That while we were dealing with a really um, hard, hard thing, you know, osteosarcoma is, is not known to be something that, that's cured easily, especially in a child who had such medical complexities. And we, we knew what we were up against. But we had the chance to share the hope of Christ and something so much bigger every day. And, you know, our, our special needs kids, they, they have a way of, of walking right up to somebody. And Evan was so good at that. Just, he'd walk right up and say, hi, hi, I'm Evan. And what's your name? What are you doing today? And here were all these people that were just disarmed. And this was our chance to say, we have a bigger hope, bigger hope than osteosarcoma's cure. We have a hope in Christ. And our borders were expanded during that time. And I, I think that, um, you know, it's easy to go, oh no, it's cancer, dang it. And, you know, every day we think cancer is a punk, yeah. but um, what's, what's God doing that's bigger, bigger than cancer? What, what's God doing that's bigger than special needs? What's God doing that's so much bigger than our circumstances? And, uh, you know, sometimes I, we need to step back and think bigger, think so much bigger than this little box that, that we're in and that we've put God in. And, um, take a minute to, to think about, about our hope in Christ rather than, than the circumstances that we've put, put hope in. Yeah, that's good. That's encouraging to me. I mean, that, that hits anybody in any season. So that's really a good way to wrap it up. So if our new friends want to connect with you, um, through your writing and through Instagram and, and you're in still a little bit of a quiet season. Um, but I know that you, love to connect with people who are in similar <laughs> seasons and be able to encourage them, like you said, with the hope that you have. And so what are the ways that people can find you? You can find me on Facebook and on Instagram at a life, not normal. Um, on, and I'm at both Facebook and Instagram at that. And then I'm on Twitter at Steph McKeever. Yeah. S T E F McKeever. Very good. I know they'll be excited to connect with you. You're one of my favorite people when we do the private messaging back and forth and watching stories and keeping up with each other until we get to live next door. We'll just settle for these <laughs> social media connections. Thanks for having me. This has been fun. Yeah, it has been fun. I appreciate your time. Friends, I hope you enjoyed my time with Stephanie as much as I did. One of my favorite parts that she said was, what's God doing that's bigger than cancer? What's God doing that's bigger than special needs? What is God doing that's so much bigger than our circumstances? And that's such a great place for us to end our time together and to continue to think about as we go throughout our day. So thank you as always for joining me. You can check out the show notes. 
at sandrapeoples.com. Um, they're a little bit different this week since I had a guest and, and don't have a full transcript, but Stephanie sent me some links to include like her favorite dry shampoo <laughs> and her favorite wipes when she couldn't get a shower, and I'll include all of that in the show notes. So thank you again for joining me, and I'll see you next week. <laughs>